Hi, I'm Kenneth Fernley, Paralympian, and I'm coming to you from a wobble country. And I'm Paralympian Riley Bat, and I'm broadcasting from Gubby Gubby Land. This is You Little Ripper, the place that we celebrate all things parasport. But firstly, Riley Bat, how you doing? Mate, I am doing I'm doing well at the moment, buddy. I uh I'm enjoying being uh back on the competition floor, getting all those competitive juices flowing and getting the uh, adrenaline out of the system because you know me, if I don't get to play wheelchair rugby, you know uh, how crazy I can go. <laughs> well, I've seen how uh, your eyes turn into a different layer of intensity when you cross that court. Everyone's seen it. Everyone's, uh, every, everyone uh, feels the fear of Riley Bat's gaze when it's game time. Uh, you're about to head over to World Championships. Uh, no, heading over to the Asia Oceania Championships in 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 Japan. Uh, yeah, leaving um, this weekend. So, uh, really, really excited to to represent Australia again. As you said, um, you know, uh, I'm a I, I, I'm a fiend for playing for Australia. I haven't <laughs> played since the World Championships when we we took that number one spot. So, I'm um, really pumped to to get back on the court with you know amazing team of uh, men and women and. Um, it's going to be tough, mate. It is definitely going to be tough. We've got to we've got to finish number one to get that automatic qualification spot to the to the Paris twenty twenty four games. Um, it's going to be a tough ask, but let's see how we go. How's the body feel? Yeah, mate. So I'm obviously coming back still from the shoulder injury. Um, it's it's mate. The older we get, the longer it takes to recover, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, mate. I swear, if I tried to compete again, I, my body would turn to dust. <laughs> you know, it's just, it ain't. We'll mummify we'll you, mate. We'll mummify you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, look, the shoulder is um is getting better. Uh, definitely not 100 percent yet, and it's, it hasn't allowed my fitness to get to 100 percent. But um it's good enough at the moment but you know one injury goes to another i've just broken my finger and torn all the ligaments in that and i know it's not much but you know you're trying to pass and catch and push with that with that finger it's causing a bit of uh, chaos so uh yeah it's going to be quite painful next week um pushing against international teams but hey we've got to uh got to give it a nudge and we can worry about that after well, look, mate, I would say maybe if you're a high jumper, breaking a finger, not so much. A bloke in a wheelchair whose job is to pass balls, a broken finger is pretty, pretty challenging. How are you going to get around the pain, the, the, the discomfort of it? Well, I've only got five fingers, mate, so that's what, like 20% of the fingers. So, um... <laughs> mate, that's 20% of your finger strength. Oh. 20%. Um... <laughs> Look, I've, I've been I've, I've been to an Australian training camp. Um, I actually did uh, break the finger at uh, nationals where New South Wales won for the third consecutive year, and did that the second game. We had to play three games afterwards without even knowing. So um, I think I'll be all right, mate. As you said, my eyes light up when I put on the green and gold jersey. So uh, I dare say I will not even feel it one bit. Um, so let's forget about this conversation and let's just worry <laughs> about uh, taking that number one spot at Asia Oceania Championships in Tokyo. Riley, uh, obviously the, um, the the wheelchair rugby team is one of Australia's favourite teams, but uh, your little ripper moment, your you little ripper moment is around the team space again. What do you got for us? Yeah, mate, my year little ripper moment. I've uh, been recently at the Australian training camp uh, for wheelchair rugby, but while we're in camp every night um, because of time difference, the wheelchair basketball world championships was on in Dubai, and I absolutely love watching wheelchair basketball. Um, it was amazing to see um, the, both the men and women's wheelchair basketball teams make it to the quarterfinals. I was sitting with uh, who used to be a gliders representative, Ella Sablejack, and sitting with her on the couch at night and watching the the gliders um 
representing and and you could just see how proud she was um, of how well the gliders were doing and they made the quarterfinals and you could see the emotions in their face when they made the quarterfinals. I know they've been in a bit of a rebuilding phase the last couple of years and it looks like they've just got so much youth coming through and just the work ethic they put in. Um, I encourage everyone to check out the gliders at the moment because I'm absolutely loving watching them. So well done to the rollers and the gliders making the uh, quarterfinals at the Wheelchair Basketball World Championships. One of the um, one of the times uh, that we were at a Paralympic Games, I think it was Rio, that we didn't have the gliders in the team. And, uh, there was such an, a loss in the team, you know, like it felt like we were really missing uh, a, a fundamental part of the Paralympic team and those games. Um, how do you describe the impact of a team like the gliders uh, and the rollers um, into the entire para ecosystem? Yeah, you're right. It was a it was a huge loss in in Rio not having the gliders there. A team who's been so successful for so many years and just having their energy, their positivity around. Um, I think we take it for granted. So when you don't have that, uh, you miss it. So when they came back for for Tokyo 2020, um, it was it was amazing to see so many new faces as well. It was amazing, and I can tell you firsthand. Like I trained with uh, Ella Sable Jack now, who's on the Australian wheelchair rugby team, transferred from basketball. She's such a positive person, like, and she's bringing this new aspect to our team where, like, I'm doing warm up. She's giving me high fives. I've never done that before, you know, usually <laughs> just in the zone in the warm up. But she's just bringing that fun factor to the team. And I think that's what the gliders do and the rollers do, of course. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching uh, both these teams. I think at the moment, they um well the world championships was delayed uh, a year because of the uh, the FIFA World Cup in, in Qatar. And I think they couldn't have any sporting competitions over in Dubai at the time. So this is the 2022 World Cup was being competed in 2023. So I believe now they still have to go through to the their zonal um, competitions to then qualify for Paris. So looks like they're on a bit of a roll now, Kurt. So hopefully they get a uh, qualification spot for Paris 2024. Mate, we're all cheering for the, uh, the gliders and the rollers and it can't wait and hopefully we'll get to see them in Paris. Uh, my you little ripper moment is the equestrian team, Andrew Driffield, uh, Sui Watts, and Sarah Sherwood. They took home gold, gold, gold at the recent Virtus Global Games. Uh, great effort there. And I'm sure that we're going to get some para equestrian voices on this podcast soon. Uh, Riley, what's been in the news? Mate, for me, um, something a little bit away from sport. You know, if you listen to the podcast back, I'd like to throw uh, something else in the mix there. But Mate, what I'm pumped about, um, I've um, uh, recently moved up to Queensland for recovery and just to try to give myself the best, um, I guess, performance leading into Paris. But the Queensland government has just uh, pledged support to establish a Paralympic branch um, in Brisbane. So I think that's huge for Paralympic sports in Australia. You know, we've obviously got uh, an office in Melbourne. We've got an office in in Sydney and now coming one in, in Brisbane. Um, I think this is a huge move for Paralympics Australia and it's just so good as a Paralympian who's been involved, um, you know, in this team for almost 20, 22 years now. It's so good to see the growth of the community. What do you think, Kurt? Uh, I heard that they are actually moved to Brisbane to be closer to you, Riley. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, it's going to be an exciting 10 
years heading into 2032. Uh, so a presence there, I think, will uh, will be able to continue to create that connection with the Queensland audience and the Queensland people. And I think the very successful 2032 games, we need as many para-athletes coming out of the... It's the Sunshine State, isn't it? It's, remember the... the, the yeah, we need as many para-athletes as we can coming out of the, the sunshine state. Well, we represent Australia with a big, big tan on, you know, living out here in Queensland. <laughs> it's constantly sunny. So I uh, encourage all your Paralympians to come up and get involved in the, the Queensland hub. <laughs> Uh, talking about our other Paralympians, it's a huge month ahead for Parasport all around the world uh, because it's a slow dance now to Paris in 2024. Uh, we have triathlon happening in Montreal. We've got the Wimbledon series in uh, in the UK, of course. Dylan Orcott, dominant for so long. Interesting to see who's uh, who's who's next up at Wimbledon. Athletics World Championships in July and the Para Archery World Champs. Oh, as well as Paris swimming. It is, like I said, it is a huge month ahead of us for Paris sport, and we'll be bringing you all the news here at You Little Ripper. So stay tuned. Uh, talking about para athletics, we've got our favorite, our favorite. Uh, are we able to say favorite? Um, well, what do you think of Riley Bat when you hear the name Reed McCracken? Oh, I just, I think it might be my man crush, Kurt. Sorry, it's not you, mate. It might be Reed McCracken. He's uh, he's one handsome fellow, mate, and I always tell him that every time I see it. But uh, one of the most genuine blokes you ever meet as well. So uh, we all love Reed McCracken on the pod. Well, it's time to hold on no more. If you want to have a look at the great Reed McCracken, make sure to go to Spotify and check out our videos as well. Reed McCracken, the best looking man in the world. Welcome to You Little Ripper. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's a wow. I'll take it. Oh, you know what? I'll take it. I'll I'll take it. Mate, Riley had just uh, just admitted to our audience that he does have a man crush on you. He he can never not forget the um, top fiftieth top fifty in the best looking faces of all time, wasn't it? That I think it's, to, I think it's top five, Kurt. Not fifty. Top five. Get, okay. get rid of that zero. <laughs> Isn't it true? Yeah, I think it's top ten, but. <laughs> you know what? Five's good. If you want to go with five, I'm happy with five. <laughs> when we're at the games, um, I always try to have coffee dates with uh, with Reed. We always we always have a coffee together. Mo- or most mornings we try to, if our schedules uh, make time for it, because you know he's just a, not only a great bloke, he's also a glamour to look at, mate. So uh, thanks for joining us on the pod. But uh, Reed, it's been a uh, a very, I guess, busy start for the year for you with the the Summer Down Under series, um, the Grand Prix in Dubai, and the Swiss, the recent Swiss series. How's your form? Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's weird because I've, the past year's just been so like I've had such I've changed. I moved to Sydney and I changed coaches, so I think where we're at is um, is is pretty good, pretty solid. The hardest thing is. Uh, the racing is just it's smoking fast at the moment and um yeah so for me if i can just be um pretty consistent into world champs this year i'll be happy because we've been pretty consistent throughout the, the whole year so um yeah form wise will i mean every time we go somewhere we've changed so much like we changed gloves we changed positioning we changed a heap of things so um i'm pretty happy with it where things are at uh and i, I look you know i just want to be somewhat consistent into world yeah Mate, you mentioned about how the the sport keeps rising, um, but you even got a PB the other week, so you're still improving. Um, how, how, how much further? How much harder? How much faster can you go? Yeah, I wasn't expecting that at all, to be honest. So um, we we you know you and me, we know how fast Arbon the track in Switzerland is, but 
I don't think it matters anymore. I think like, I think a good track is important, but the guys are just, you know, there seems to be world records every every competition we go to. Like everyone said the track in Dubai was fast, but not. And then, you know, the times that they were pulling out there. So I don't, honestly, I mean, we're all sitting there and we're watching the racing track side in Switzerland. And I think everyone came to the conclusion that we just, I don't know where it ends. I don't know where and how fast people are just going to keep progressing. I know we've just got to do what, what we can do, but uh i i honestly mate it's 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 a bit terrifying to be to be fair I, I think it used to just be like what what we what you could do as a person it seems like equipment is is definitely playing a big factor in it now um it's gone to the days of aluminium chairs everywhere i mean you have an aluminium chair and harness gloves and you're the you're a minority and you know so you're the only one um it's all carbon and and just yeah, I don't know where it ends. I, I heard you before, and look, obviously yourself and Kurt know the racing industry. But for, for myself and I guess the listeners at home, listen to this pod, you talked about different glove setups for different conditions and 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 tracks and whatnot. Can you please tell us a little bit about that and and why you change your equipment so much for different tracks? I changed gloves pretty much because the harness gloves that everyone was using that, you know, me and Kurt used, uh, they're they're hard to get you can go on waiting lists for six months and sometimes you just don't have that time to be able to to wear new gloves in and hard gloves are just they seem to be the they're just a a plastic uh mold that you can get 3d scanned and has rubber that you know you put glue rubber onto it um they're much lighter uh i've gone back and forth between harness and hard gloves and the amount of weight that's in a harness glove is unbelievable. Uh, and I find the hard glove to be more efficient over four and 800 metres and not so it's it's quite hard to start on them in 100 metres. So I've gone back to harness gloves for the 100 uh, because I get off the line quicker. So it's just, a, I think it's a preference. Some people seem to pick up hard gloves quite easy, like Sam Carter, one of our Australian athletes, has he's using the same hard glove that I am and he's uh, he's, a, he's a weapon off the start. So... Uh, he's been able to pick it up quite quite quickly, I think. Yeah. I always struggled with changing my glove in particular. I thought that the harness glove is just you, you don't make mistakes on it, right? Like it's, it's so hard to mess up. Yeah, I actually think the opposite now. Oh, really? Yeah, after using hard, I've used the hard glove for a year now. Everyone's told me that, it, you know, you need a good 12 months on it to sort of get a bit more consistency. Uh, I make more mistakes on a harness glove than I do on a hard glove. Because the hard glove doesn't change, you know. You know, in that on the harness, you know how if if your fingers aren't quite right in it, or you're not haven't set your thumb properly, or whatever, like the glove can come undone. With a hard glove, that's all out of your mind because there's you know you're not going to have that issue. Uh, and but in saying that, over the hundred, the softer glove is is nicer to get off the line with. But it's a huge team going over to Paris. Uh, who do you who do you watch? What athlete are you interested in um, in seeing perform? I always want to watch our, our our close group just because you know we travel with them all the time. We see them all the time. They're really exciting. So you know Sam McIntosh, he's I've room with him a bunch of times. He's so close to that podium spot. I just want to see him just make you know just get a couple of fourths. Um, been so consistent. Uh, he raced really well in Switzerland, so he's someone that I look forward to seeing. And then you know outside of you know I always like to see just. Um, yeah, all of our athletes have a have a, a a good crack at it. On this pod here, we talk we talk a bit about balance too, Reed. Um, so 
want to know how you balance. Obviously, look, you look at you look how much you've been racing this year. You've got Paris next week. How do you balance all the travel, all the training, obviously for all these PBs and whatnot, and your normal life? What's balance look like for you? All these one PB, mate. One PB in six years. <laughs> I can see the I can see the future, and I can see PBs coming. More PBs coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I hope so. Um, yeah. I, I I'm not a I'm not a I don't like traveling that much to be honest. I'm not a great traveler. Um, I, I don't mind sitting on a plane, but airports and all that. I'm I'm not a big. I don't. Yeah. I spoke with Louise today about it because we looked at the flights next week and. Just the thought of that is a bit um, not so keen for. But, um, yeah, I think it's just about trying to stay healthy, making sure that um, I've got a good team here at N-Swiss that are making sure that we're leading into this, you know, um, fit, healthy and trying to um, do the best, put ourselves in the best position that, you know, a flight and that doesn't mess up all that hard work that we've done throughout the year to get ready for, for Worlds. Reek, what are your thoughts when I, we say that Paris 2024 Paralympic Games is a year away? Uh, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's really, obviously, it's really exciting. Um, it, it's come around so quickly, I guess, because of that short turnaround with Tokyo being a year later, it's sort of come around really, it feels like it's come around really quick. Um, the only reason that I don't want to think about it just yet, as as as, as exciting as it is, I don't want to think about it just yet because I've got to go to Paris next week. So um, the thought of getting through world champs first and trying to do that at a at a level that I'm really happy with before worrying about the Paralympics. But uh, yeah, no, it's very exciting and it'll come around. It'll come around fast, and um, I look forward to that. Yeah. Well, Reid McCracken, I have one. Uh, I've got a job for you to do. Actually, you're heading to Paris next week. I want you to find the best coffee shop you can for me um, <laughs> because I'm off to Paris as well later on this year and I don't want to have to go searching for one. So that's your job. And everyone, all the listeners at home, you've heard what I've got the task for Reed to do. So I expect to see you on your, uh, on your Instagram, your beautiful self with a coffee at a nice coffee shop. All right. So uh, that'd be, that'd be good. Thanks mate. I've got you covered. I've been, I've been on the, I've been searching as well. I've been asking people, I've been trying to find out a lot of people have been around that area, seeing what's happening. No one can give me a hint. But uh, I'll try and do my best for you. And I'll uh, make sure I send you it or post it. Yeah, for sure. All right, cool, mate. So coffee shop and a few PBs. No pressure at all. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Reed McCracken, Easy. thanks so much for joining us on You Little Ripper. We wish you all the best in Paris next week. And as Kurt said, Paris 2024 games, only a year away. So uh, looking forward to seeing your progress, mate. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, Riley, I love that bloke. Uh, I feel really grateful that I got to experience a few teams with him. Uh, and just see his growth into the young man that he is. And I wonder how much longer he has to go, right? Like, it, it, could Reed squeeze out three more games? He, he's still he's still pretty young, isn't he? And look, it's it's also for me just being just being in that interview. Then listening to like you know him talk around you, like when I saw Reed come up through the you know through the ranks, um, you know, early days of his Premier League career, he idolised you, Kurt, and you're his. You're his mentor, <laughs> um, his role model, and you know you've always been great mates. You've you've driven him all around the country, so it was it was really cool to see that moment where you know, you're asking him. You're obviously a retired athlete now. You're asking him about his results, talking about his PB, you know, and upcoming events. So uh, well done to you too, Kurt. For uh, you've you've sort of grown this. Uh, I know you don't like to hear this all the time, but well done to you, mate. Congratulations because you've sort of I guess nurtured Reed into becoming this amazing Paralympian. 
Uh, let's change the topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got more from hanging out with Reed, and, um, and, and, and you know, you don't you don't realize how much you value engaging with the next Paralympian. You know, like until you're no longer in the Paralympic uniform, and then you've got these amazing connections still with the sport, purely because you're able to create those relationships nice and early. And, you know, like, like getting to enjoy Reed's great stuff and and all the, you know, he said Sammy Carter and Sam Mack, like they were kids when they came into the sport and now it's theirs and you get to enjoy it from afar if you've been able to have those connections into the team. So it's, it's, uh, it, I, yeah, mate, I benefit from that on a day to day basis now. So, well, look, I love Reed, but he's got a mission. He's going to find me that good coffee shop. So, uh, <laughs> unless he finds me that, I won't, he's I won't out of the family. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look, before we finish up here, we need to give a big shout out to the 64 Aussie athletes that are representing Australia in the Special Olympic World Summer Games in Berlin. Uh, go, our Special O's team. Uh, we're shouting out and giving you all the love and support here from Australia. And thank you, our listener, for listening to this podcast. We love Parasport and we want to share how amazing it is with the rest of the world, but we need your help to do that. We absolutely do, Kurt. We need you all to tell your friends about what we're doing here. And please, as per usual, leave us a nice review. Or bad. We'll, no, don't even open the door for bad. <laughs> really? We're too sensitive uh, to receive bad feedback. It's only got to be good feedback. Even uh, give us coffee shop recommendations and reviews if you want to. <laughs> We're going to go on there and there'll be somebody talking up the latest coffee shop in Maruchidor, which I look forward to hearing. Uh, and we'll be back with more interviews with your favourite athletes, so make sure you're followed, you little ripper, wherever you get your next episode. And we'd also like to say a big thank you to Toyota for supporting this episode of You Little Ripper. Oh, what a feeling. Thanks, Toyota. Thanks, Toyota. Thanks, Toyota.